Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, we are in the finale of a vision series that God has really brought us through. This idea of called We Are Radiant, this uh, kind of anthem we have of who we are as a church. We try to do once a year. We kind of get on the same page. There's something about getting united, getting together. I think it's one of the most important things that God's called me to do as a pastor is to, to fight for the unity of our church. And I'm proud of the unity of our church. I'm proud of, of what God's done in our church. And uh, I, I think of the verse, if you have your Bibles, I want you to flip there to Psalm 130. You have David, who was that shepherd boy, became king over all of Israel. And you got 12 different tribes that were being united together. And David becomes this united leader over a group of people who were known for division and known for disunity. And David rallies them all together. And he gives them this prayer, this blessing in Psalm 133. And I want to show it to you because I'm telling you, if there's one thing you need to fight for in your family, in your business, in your, in your church, it's for the unity of that, 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 that group. And so he says it like this. He says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in, say it out loud, in what? In unity, it's like precious oil. Precious oil, what is that? That's an anointing, that's power. It's like precious oil being poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard. Now, I don't have a beard. Um, I wish I could grow one, but I can't. That's, that's another story. But the idea of it is, is he was saying, who was Aaron? Aaron in this passage was the, was the priesthood. It was the church. He says there's unity when things are done together, when there's unity and it's done in the house of God. There's an anointing. There's a blessing that comes and it runs down on the collar of his robe. And it says it like this. It is as if the dew of Hermon. Hermon was this mountain in the area, in a dry, desolate area. This mountain had such um, lush green on it. And why? Because every day we wake up and there was dew all over the ground in the middle of such a dry area. It's like there's dew there, like it was falling on Mount Zion for where the Lord bestows, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. You want the blessing of God in your life, then you got to fight for unity, fight for all of us to be on the same page. So, so that's what this whole series has been about. It's been about man, making sure that our church goes into really a harvest season this next fall, going in the next few weeks, which are traditionally and, and really weeks that lots of people come to know the Lord. So when we're going into that, I just want us all to be on the same page. So we started week one with talking about how we as a church need revival and went through our seven days of revival. It's amazing to hear the reports for that. And then last week we did a Next Gen Sunday, talked about our strategy, Reach Next Gen. And I love what God's doing in Radiant Kids and Radiant Youth, all the midweeks stuff that's happening in a few weeks. We had our first young adults gathering last week with over 450 young adults gathered in there. Come on, there's hope for Gen Z. Can I hear an amen today, church? Really excited about that. And today I want to just help us get all on the same page as a church. And if you're visiting, it's a great Sunday for you to be here. You're going to find out who we really are and what we're all about. But really this whole idea is I want you to take it and apply it to your area, your family, your marriage, your business. Because I'm going to give you what I'm believing are five values to live by. Five values to live by. If you take notes, we're a note-taking church. I want you to write it down. Five values to live by. Years ago, I was in a season where I was trying to really get real fit. 
fit and really get in shape. And this when I was a little bit younger. I'm in my late 30s now. And in my early 30s, you know, you could do some stuff without getting injured. Now you kind of wake up if you slept wrong. Come on, how many know those days? You just like injured for no reason at all. But I remember this day early on and I was trying to do this lift and, and I, was, I was in the gym and there were front squats. So you're holding the bar and, and you're going down and you're squatting like this. And I was doing a lot of reps with it. And then I go up and as I, I, was, I was trying to get this last rep, it wasn't quite the great form. And as I was going up, I heard something just kind of like pop. And as it popped, I flew to the ground and I fell and I was in major pain, just laying on the ground. I was like, there's something wrong. And so I, I called the good thing about our church. We have a lot of, we have a lot of great medical professionals in our church. So I, I called a, a buddy of mine who's a chiropractor and I said, I got to come see you right now. I can barely walk. And so I'm hobbling into this place and and they, they go check me out, and they're like, Aaron, um, how often do you stretch? And I was like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> it's not part of the routine. They're like, well, the, the problem is, is you're so tight on one side, you're lifting so often, but you're only, all the strain is on one side. There's not, there's not alignment. There's not unity. So, so you got you to gotta get aligned. So they put me on the, the board, and you kind of popped. You know that pop sound? Like, there's they're this crack, and it, it's, it's crazy. There's actually this whole YouTube kind of trend out there right now. Um, on social media trend where people like find the enjoyment of the, the, the neck cracking. So uh, what I thought would be fun for you today, I found one that I think was pretty intense. So uh, if this makes you cringe, it's just like, let it hold. But I thought this one was interesting. Check this one out right here. Oh yeah, you would like that. Oh yeah, let's, let's try a little bit more intense. Let's see if we get around that neck right there. All right. By the way, this is not me trying this. All right, so let's hear it. So we're going to adjust your neck here. Just kind of want to... Oh! Okay, let's adjust this side. Oh! Okay, 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 okay. I think that's enough. That's enough for all of us right now. We all just kind of got that, that feeling in us, right? But there's something about when things are out of alignment that you get stuff in the order, get stuff in the order. And here's why. Write it on your notes. Because unity always produces strength. So if, if you're in alignment, if your marriage is in alignment, if, if your business is in alignment, if your church is in alignment, it produces strength. And we're able to do more, we're able to lift more, we're able to accomplish more if there's a unity and alignment. That was my issue. That's why I got injured that time because I just was out of alignment. And there's something about our life that we got to get back in alignment. You got to fight for this in your marriage, making sure that you're all on the same page. Katie and I had a funny instance the other day. We were trying to get in alignment. Alignment. And I said, Katie, why do you set your alarm so early in the morning? And, and I was like, she has these good intentions that she does it most of the days where she sets her alarm so early. It's before my alarm and I get up early, but her alarm goes off. But she's one of those people, I don't understand you kind of people, where you set your alarm way before you actually want to get up so that you can snooze a bunch of times. It's weird. Have you, have you married one of these people? Like, like, and so I'm like, Katie, why don't you just set it for the dime you're actually going to get up instead of all of this before? And, and so she turned to me so quick the other day, and she's like, I can't believe it bothers you. She's like, I should just make the alarm sound, the sound of a crying baby, and I'm sure you'll never hear it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Man, burn right there. I said, oh, that's kind of true. Okay, you got me on that one. <laughs> You gotta fight for unity. You gotta fight for this. I wrote it down this way. When we have the same values, we can accomplish a corporate vision. We can do something big together. 
But we gotta have those same values. We gotta fight for those. What are values? Values are those things, those thoughts, those guide, those things that guide us. But without the same values, when there's a where there's not a unity of what we're going for, we'll always have a competing vision. We'll always be in competition. We'll always, we'll always figure out, man, what, what's in it for me? What's best for me? So I think it's important that we evaluate what are the values that we live by as a church. And so our church has done really well at really fighting for these values and mapping them out. And I want you to take them and I want you to apply them to your life because if you're looking for something to guide you, these are five values that'll, that'll guide you. And here's what we believe, that a united church is the solution to a divided world. So I know the world is so divided out there. People can't get along out there. It's so difficult out there. So why don't we be a united front? Why don't we stop fighting with each other and and against each other and yelling and, and, and getting all these wars against each other and be a united voice and a united front to take Tampa Bay for the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen today, church? So, so Jesus prayed this. He says, I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one, talking about the Trinity. He says, I want them to be in unity like we are in unity. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And I pray they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. The world will believe in Jesus when the church starts getting united around what we believe, what we're here for, what's our mission, so that we can bring clarity in this whole thing. And I think this is so huge. I wrote it down this way. The more we align, the more we can accomplish. And I want us to accomplish so much. The kingdom of God must be advanced. There's so many people to reach. There's so much for us to do. So let's get on the same page today as we go into this fall season of what is it that guides our church. And we put them as five values, five values that you're to live by, that our church is to live by. You learn about these in Next Steps. Quick plug, if you haven't gone to Next Steps, go today and you'll learn about these five values some more. There are five things we build our leaders off of, our staff all of so let me give them to you today and break them down so that we can all be on the same page number one is that we believe at radiant church that jesus is our answer jesus is our answer i think it's important to recognize that this isn't just a value it's our first value in a world of 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 just relative pluralism and everything goes and there's you know whatever works for you you do you i'll do me we have to realize that's that's not real that's not a real solution The real solution is that there's one solution, there's one answer to whatever we're going through today, and his name is Jesus. I, I, I love, I love the, the fun parts of our church. I love the, uh, the, the, the chants and the, we are radiant. We end every, every Sunday with our big declaration. And, uh, I love how people are so excited. They wear their pray first bracelet. We had random people get like little uh, sons tattooed on them. I'm like, that's a little intense, but I get the idea. People are like, are y'all a cult? This is weird. Um, I, I love it, but let me just be very clear. As much as I, I love the cool brand and the cool logo and the cool experience, that is not what this whole thing is about. Uh, let me tell you, if you think our whole goal is for people to learn the name of Radiant or learn the name of Aaron or, learn, or see our little brand logo, then, then if you think that's the goal of all of it, you've missed it completely. This church is not built off this. This church is built off the idea that Jesus Christ is the answer to whatever our world is going through today. Do we have anybody that believes it today, church? He's our answer. Acts says it this way. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected which has become the cornerstone. 
what the world rejected, what the world threw aside, we make it our cornerstone. Verse 12, salvation, and that's salvation from our sins, from our mess, from whatever issue you're going through, from the sickness in this world. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. That is the name of Jesus. Let me just say it this way. If you need forgiveness, it's found in Jesus. If you need healing, it's found in Jesus. If you need a fresh start, Jesus can give you a fresh start. If you need power, it's Jesus that gives us his spirit. If you need a companion, Jesus is a friend that'll stick closer than a brother. Can we celebrate the fact that we serve a risen savior and his name is Jesus today? He's a good God. You write it down your notes this way. We can't proclaim to the world that Jesus is a way. We can't do that. We cannot make this, he's, he's a way. No, 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 we write it down this way. We must declare he's the way. The way to whatever we're going through. The way to heaven. The way to, to life and life to the full. Jesus is the way. So we preach Jesus, we celebrate Jesus, we make it all about Jesus, and that's what our church has to be built on. And by the way, that's what your family should be built on, that's what your business should be built on, that's what your life should be built on. When people say, what is it that you're here to offer? I'm telling you, we're here to offer Jesus to a lost and broken world, because he's the answer. Come on, give him some praise today, church. Jesus is our answer. Number two, value number two, the Bible is our foundation. The Bible is our foundation. On June the 24th, 2021, at approximately 1.22 a.m., Champlain Tower South, a 12-story beachfront condominium in the Miami suburb of Surfside, California, I mean Surfside, Florida, partially collapsed. 98 people died. How many remember this incident that happened? Okay, 98 people. When they did research on figuring out why this happened, they realized the reason why it happened was for multiple reasons. The, what started it is that the swimming pool had a leak under it. And so the swimming pool was on top of a parking garage and had a leak underneath it. And, and as it leaked and leaked and leaked, it corroded, corroded, corroded. And then the swimming pool collapsed into the parking garage. That should have been fine, but because it collapsed in the parking garage, they realized that the whole building ended up collapsed because underneath it was a faulty foundation that they realized they cut corners through. And when they cut corners, they ended up not using as much rebar as they should have used. And because of that, when pressure came on it, the whole building ended up collapsing. I think we have a picture of it. And, and, and 98 people died. A total disaster. Why? Because when pressure came... It wasn't built correctly. And by the way, this building survived for decades and decades, and nobody even knew there was a problem until pressure came. Welcome to the last couple years of some of your lives. And you go, I thought I was stronger than I was. Well, that's why when things started to collapse around you and you started to deal with the issues you're dealing with and you started to feel like the breaking, it's all breaking down. Why? Because really your life was built on maybe some feeling, maybe some experience. It was built on some friends or some marriage and it wasn't built on the rock that you can build your rock on, which is the word of God that you can build it on. The Bible says it this way. It says, therefore, it says, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it's like a wise man or woman who built his house on the rock. And we want that. Everybody goes, well, we want the rock in our life. We want to build our house. Rain came down. 
The streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Why? Because its rock had its, had its foundation on the rock. And you need to build your life on something bigger than you are. Because there is pressures that'll come. There is temptations that'll come. This world is falling all around us. And when it's falling, we need to say we are secure in the fact that we built our life on something that is unchanging. That is always going to sustain no matter what the world is going through today. So write it down this way. When culture is changing, we don't just believe God's word. We build our lives on God's word. So don't, don't just think it's right. Build your life on it. So when you look through the scriptures and you see something that's different than the way you live, don't change the scriptures to fit you. Change you to fit the scriptures. Watch what'll happen when you build your life on that. Because when pressure comes, don't be the building that collapses. So this is why we do our Bible reading plan. We're reading through it as a year. I know there's thousands of us that are all on the same Bible reading plan. We love this. We make it a habit. People have asked me, what has sustained you after year after year of ministry? And I say the same thing every time. It's my daily time in God's word. Every single day. I do my daily time or I do my soap, my scripture observation application prayer. So even this morning, the first thing I do, I get there and I get something to apply to my life from God's word. Because I know God's word is something to build my life on. So let me just challenge you with this. Listen, don't just go through the Bible. Let the Bible go through you. Let it change you. Let it, let, it do, let it speak to you. Let it speak to your family. Let it speak to your situation right now. We've got to be students of God's word. This is why it's so crucial what we're doing with foundations on Wednesday nights. And, and if you haven't signed up for one, you can tonight for our small groups. Why? You need to learn God's word. That's why we're in a Bible reading plan. That's why next week we're going to start the book of Romans. We've got to know what God's word says because it's something you build your life on. Hebrews says it this way, for the word of God is active and alive and active and it's sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart that's what you need in your life God's word is worth building your life on, worth building your family on, your business on, your health on, your daily schedule on, your children on. So we are a church that loves God's word. We love it. We make it a major part of what we do. So we love God's word. We apply God's word. We memorize God's word. We practice God's word. We sing God's word. We defend God's word. We reflect on God's word. And we're always going to preach God's word. Can we celebrate the fact that God's word still changes lives? We love it. And it needs to be part of your life. That the Bible is the foundation that you build your life on. Number three, if you're still with me, say yes. I love it that worship is our lifestyle. Worship is our lifestyle. Moving to Tampa Bay 10 years ago now, I realized that this is a city that loves to worship. Loves to worship. Loves to worship. You go, well, I don't, I don't see that like you do. No, I, I think they love to worship. You go down to South Howard, you can see people love to worship. You go to Buck Stadium, they love to worship there. They love to worship there at Amelie Arena. Arena. They, they, there's a few people that'll even worship at Tropicana. There's a few. There's just a few. <laughs> 
Uh, people love, they, they, they love, they love to worship. The thing, the question is not, do you worship? The question is, are you worshiping the right things? And I want us to make it a point that our church is, is built on the fact that we love to worship, but we love to worship the right things as a church. And I want our families to worship the right things. I want, I want me personally to worship the right things. John 4 says it this way. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Look at those two things right there. So it's not just to, to do it in spirit, but it's also spirit and truth. And, and, and they're the kind of worshiper that the Father seeks. So write it down in your notes this way. Here's what spirit is. Spirit is passion excitement, joy. It's woo! This is, this is what you can get to get a grown man to take his shirt off and paint his chest a color of his college football team. Why? Because he's got spirit. He's like, woo! We're excited! But it's not just enough to have excitement. It's about an excitement with truth. So now it's not just spirit, but it's truth. It's something or someone real, like worth worshiping. So it's not enough just to say, hey, we're excited. But as a family, we don't just get excited. We get excited about the right things. It's not enough just as a church that we rally and go, woo, and get excited. No, we worship the true thing. We, we worship the God of the universe. We give him praise and worship for what he has done in our life. So that's why worship is a big deal for us as Radiant Church. And it's not just about singing. I wrote it down this way. It's not in your notes. We worship God with our mouth. We worship God with our attitudes. We worship God with our excellence. Doing things the right way. I think it's a big deal. We worship God with our money. We celebrate God. We worship God. That's why we don't, we don't give money. No, no, no. We worship God through our tithe every single time we get paid. We worship God through our generosity. It's a joy because it's worship unto the Lord. We worship God with our talents. We make our talents and say, oh, it's all about him. We're going to use them to glorify God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Every single thing that we do is worship unto the Lord. It's a lifestyle we live. So when people look at you and they go, why, do you, why are you so different? Why do you take this stuff so serious? Why are you so dedicated? You say, hey, because worship's not some random thing that I do. It's a lifestyle that I live of worship unto my God because he's worthy of it. I wonder if we could take about five seconds and give him some worship today and just tell him he's a good God, that we can celebrate him today with everything we have. He's a good God. It's our lifestyle. And let me just say this about worship as a church. Let me just say, this is why we don't worship with this whole business. And if some of y'all, you, you, you got out of your frozen, chosen kind of denomination and you kind of came here and, and you're like, okay. There's no beat, you know what I mean? <laughs> I've seen some of y'all. You, you know, and, 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 like, and, and you're like, let me tell you, God's worth more than that. God, God, he's done too much for you. And it would be a big deal. You go, well, that's just my personality. It's not your personality yesterday when I saw you watching college football. Because the way you were in that living room was a little bit crazy. What I saw on social media was a little bit crazier than. And none of those people died for you. 
None of those people paved a way for eternity in heaven for you. None of those people did anything, gave you a purpose and gave you a spirit, but Jesus did. So when we worship together as a church, and I'm saying this because starting next Sunday, the next couple of weeks, we're gonna have hundreds and hundreds of guests and friends and family that are gonna be packed into our locations. And I don't want them to see a church that's just in there like, man, I hope this music's over so we can get to a message. Or I hope they play the song I really like. Who cares? It's not about you, it's about him. So we make it about him. So can we get a little bit more extravagant, a little bit more aggressive in the fact that we're gonna praise God the way he's worthy of our praise and worthy of our worship? Can we give him our best praise and our best worship? That's what we do as a church. It's the lifestyle we live. You need it in your life. Number four, write it down. Community is our commitment. And I hit on this one last week. This is why we don't stay home. That's why we don't stay disconnected. We're involved in the life of the church. As a family, we're connected with church. And this one's hard because God is easy to love, but people are difficult. Can I hear a better amen from somebody today? Come on, somebody all sitting right next to the difficult one. Can I hear an amen from you? No, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. We all have that one crazy person, don't we, in our life? One crazy person in your small group, one crazy person in your foundation's table. We all, we've all got them. By the way, if you don't know who they are, and you go, I can't find anybody like that. <laughs> it's you. It's nobody's told you yet, all right? <laughs> we, let me tell you, people, people can be difficult, but we, we desperately need them. We need the community, the body of believer. It's a commitment that we make. Acts chapter two says it this way. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. This is, this is an idea. It was a daily thing that they did, that they were connected with the body of believers. And they broke bread in their homes. Come on, somebody. Bread, not salad. They, they broke bread to God be the glory. <laughs> and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. This is what every Christian needs. Write it down in your notes. Every Christian needs a commitment to a big group, which is corporate worship. You've got to have a commitment. You've got to have a commitment that we're going to worship God together in a big group, celebrating what God's done. I know a lot of people are traveling. It's a holiday weekend. It's awesome. But let me tell you, you make it a point, especially starting next week. Our family, we get to church every week. We're, we're, We're there. We're worshiping together. But we also need a small group, which is intimate discipleship. You have to have both in your life. You have to have both in your life. Notice they met from, from house to house and temples. So they were, they were in the church and they were in people's homes. They were, they were connected in a big group. They were connected in a small group. I wrote it down this way. The church must get larger because lost people matter. So people are getting said, they're like, I just don't like it. I don't like it that Radiant just keeps adding services and growing. Our goal is that we keep reaching people who are dying and going to hell. I'm sorry. Like, it was never my intention that we build a big church. Who who cares about that? I just want to reach, build a church where people are on mission, where they're inviting their friends and family members, and we got to have some seats and some services for them. So, but we have to keep seeing the church grow because lost people really matter to God. But write it down in your notes. But the church must also keep getting smaller. Why? Because you matter. You have a purpose, you have a destiny, and you can't get lost in a crowd. And that's very easy to do here at Radio Church, where you can slip in, you can slip out, nobody knows who you are. But let me tell you, the only way you're gonna see your life really transformed is when you make that firm commitment to community. So let me tell you the best ways to do it. The best way to do it is go to Next Steps today and do that. If you've been to Next Steps and you got disconnected, here's a little QR code that's jumping on the screen that you get connected with our dream team or you get into Radiant Group. 
and you make it a point. If you were serving before and you stopped serving, start serving again. It's not about the fact that the church needs it. It's about the fact that you need it because people need to be needed and they need to be known and you gotta have someone to pray with you and encourage you and build you up. Get on a team and watch what God will do through your life. And I hear it all the time. People are like, I just couldn't get connected. I'm like, well, where, where did you serve? I didn't serve. Well, what group were you in? Well, I didn't go to a group. Well, where else are you thinking you're going to get connected? It doesn't make any sense. Don't be the weird person that's walking through the foyer like, hey, just give me my chance. I mean, meet people. That's cool. But commit to community. And I don't know who it is that's kind of kind of gone on the back burner during the summer and you've gotten real busy and gotten real disconnected. Let me tell you, commit to community and watch how the Lord will use your life. Number five, can we close with this one? It's, here's our fifth value. Let's recap them one more time before we, before we go today. Number one, Jesus is our, read it, say it out loud. Answer. Jesus is our answer. Number two, is the Bible is our. Foundation. Number three, you gotta say it louder at all of our campuses, is that worship is our. Foundation. Number four, that we just said it, that community is our. And the last one is simply this, and you can write it down, the people are our pursuit. And you've got to keep this part of who you are. It's a value for you to live by. It's a value that'll guide your life. To say, you know what? I'm going to make my life about reaching people who do not know God, who are disconnected from God. And I'm telling you, this one, for some reason, people give us the most pushback about as a church, I'm going, I don't understand. Aaron, why are you so aggressive about it? Why, are you so, why do we do at the movies? And why, why are we continually asking people to invite people? Here's why. Because people really do matter to God. And people are really lost without Jesus. And we need to feel his heart in this idea that, man, that which is lost must be found. We've got to get on mission as a church. And let me just say it this way. Because people who are left to themselves usually make life about themselves. So that's what the issue is. The issue is that when you get off mission, then it becomes about your 401k and your business and your stuff. And that's why we're continually telling people, no, it's not about us. It's about people who are far from God. Far from God. Now, close with this thought. Listen to this. All of eternity, all of eternity, we're going to be able to celebrate Jesus. All of eternity. We're, we're, we're going to live a life that's built on God's word. All of eternity, we're going to be able to worship. Like that's what we're going to be able to do for worship. All of eternity, we're going to be together in community. It's awesome. You better get to like each other now. <laughs> this fifth one you can't do anymore in, in eternity. The fifth one, evangelism is the only thing we can never do in heaven. Because there's no lost people around So here's my challenge for you as we end this message. Get on mission. Who are those people? Even during seven days of revival, we wrote names and I wrote multiple names of friends and family members, neighbors of mine who are far from God. And it's important for me, even me to remember, I, I've got to get on mission. Jude says it this way, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others from snatching them from the fire. What a visual. Like, hey, there's people that are doubting. They're away from God. You got to snatch them away. So we wrote it down this way, and you've heard this phrase many times before, but let me just end the message with this. Because heaven and hell are realities, we must continue to do anything short of sin to reach people who are far from God. We've got to. So I don't know who the friend is, who the family member is, who's far from God. Make it a value of your life to say, I'm gonna make it about pursuing people. So how do we pursue them? I wrote them down there in the notes. Number one, you just pray for them. Pray for people. How do you, you gotta pray for them every day. Put them part of your prayer list. 
I do a new prayer list every month. So my September prayer list on the top of it, three people who I'm praying for right now to come to know Christ. I'm inviting them to our Roman series. Who are those people for you? You're gonna invite them in church. That's the second thing you're gonna do. You do what you can do, which is to invite your friends and family. Then I'll do what God has uniquely gifted me to do, which is to present the gospel every single week. And your part's not more important than my part. My part's not more important than your part. We need it together. This is unity together. You bring your friends, I'll present the gospel to them every single week. And the third thing is, let me just tell you this, and this is a big step out of your comfort zone. Third thing is share what God has done for you. They can't argue with the fact that God's been good to you, church. And we got to leave our services on Sunday and we got to leave with an excitement of what God has done for us. He's been good to us, church. Come on, has he been good to anybody in this place today? Has he been good to you there in St. Pete? Has he been good to you there in Brandon? He's a good God. Share with it and watch how people will come to know the Lord. Why don't you close your eyes all over this place? I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to think about those five values for just a second to build your life on. Five values for you to live by. I want you to know Jesus is the answer to whatever you're going through. The Bible is the foundation for you to build your life on. Worship is your lifestyle. We understand that community is our commitment and people are our pursuit. Just say, God, I commit myself to those values right now. Come on, I commit to myself to those values in my family, in my business, in my church. We fight for the unity around those values right now. Let it be who we are. Now ask the Lord right now. Come on, as we go into this harvest season, ask the Lord. Who are those friends and family members that I can be praying for to come to know you? That I can invite next week to church and just listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Who is that person? Who is that friend? Who is that coworker? God, give us a burden for lost people. Give us a passion for people who don't know you. Lord, let us be very evangelistic in our approach of staying on mission to reach people who are far from you. We say yes. Right there in your seat, just say yes to God. Whoever it is that he brought to your mind right now, just say yes to him. With every eye closed, every head bowed, there's one last group that's here today. Maybe you were invited by a friend, maybe in town for for the holiday weekend and just hanging out with family. But I want you to know you're in here today and God loves you and has a plan for your life. And and you, you feel distant from God. You go, I don't know. I don't feel connected with God. It's because sin is in our life. We've all sinned and all fallen short. Sin separates us from God. So what do we do about our sin? You can't serve your way out of it. You can't hope your way out of it. You can't give your way out of it. Jesus came and became the perfect sacrifice for your sins and for mine. He went to that cross and died, overcoming death, hell, and the grave. And now he gives you an opportunity for you to put your faith in him. If that's you today, and you've never made that decision to put your faith in Christ, or maybe you did years and years ago, and you never really lived from today's your moment of salvation. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to respond. I want you to make a bold decision to say, today's my day, I'm giving my life to Christ. And watch how he'll make you new right there in your seat. One, on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up. Two, right there at North Tampa, right there at the Heights, I want you to respond. Three, come on, throw that hand up all over this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. A bunch of people, thank you right there at Clearwater. Thank you there at St. Pete. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together? Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my sin, my past, my present, and my future. Forgive me. Thank you for dying for me. And I make the bold choice to live for you for the rest of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. 
And everybody that agrees with it says, come on, let's celebrate all over Tampa Bay and people who made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.